Welcome to episode 10 of the Politics and Pros podcast. This is Pete. And as always, I've got my good friend and compadre, Howell Winters. Howell, how are you, buddy? Hey, man. Uh, it's been a while. We have been missing in action for about a couple of weeks. You, I blame you. Well, yeah, I got I was uh, ready to go. Had a little bit of a stomach bug uh, after we. Cor- put, coronavirus? It, yeah, coronavirus came in. It was great. I survived. You were the Chicago. You were Chicago patient zero. <laughs> I was. Uh, and then of course life kicks in with kids and taking care of things and work and and travel and work travel. And yeah got snowed yeah. in in lansing michigan great times yeah uh man not much has happened very little um uh yeah i mean you know in life or um did i tell you we got a dog by the way you did you did what'd you name it again yeah. i was trying to tell more about it uh, we named him Zico. Zico, it's a, right. a soccer soccer move. Right. Um, as some may know, my kids are big soccer players and fans, and mm-hmm. so we rescued a dog and named him Zico, and mm-hmm. he's been a handful, but he's been good. Um, but that's about all that's been going on here mm-hmm. for me. It's, you know, I think we're almost done with winter. Seems like it might be getting warmer, mm-hmm. which would be good. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, should we dive in? I think. Uh, did you have anything else to add? No, I had nothing else to add. We should just, yeah, we should just dive in and just talk about the nine million things that have happened in the last two weeks. Uh, yeah, so I think what we're gonna do is I'm gonna set a timer here now because <laughs> it's been about two weeks, and we're just gonna riff and talk about everything that we can think of that's happened in the last two weeks. So I'm gonna set a timer here for ten minutes and tell Siri, "Hey Siri, set a timer for ten minutes." Okay, ten All minutes right. and counting. Okay. So we got 10 minutes to talk about everything that's happened in two weeks. Um, let's start with Trump getting acquitted by the Senate. What do you think? I think it was predictable. I think it was yeah. uh, what everybody thought was going to happen. I mean, if you if you thought that the Senate was going to remove Trump from office, you were probably a silly, silly person. Yes. <laughs> that's my and, analysis. And uh, yeah, sure. And I think if you'll recall in an earlier episode, um, I said, what happens when Trump gets acquitted? Mm-hmm. I said, possibly he gets impeached again. Certainly some of his early behavior since he's been acquitted um, might suggest that might happen. And um, But look, before we talk about that, let's talk about Mitt Romney Mitt was the Romney. first sitting senator to um, vote against his party to impeach a president. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that was uh, conscience? Or uh, a political play, or both, or neither. So I've I, a lot of people, and at least on my side, they all keep on talking about. Well, this is just all of him trying to, you know, extract some revenge over Trump for the whole Secretary of State debacle when you know apparently Romney pitched himself as a potential Secretary right. of State when Trump was first elected, and Trump basically toyed a, toyed with him and whatever crushed his hopes and dreams, and now this was Romney's chance to finally get back at him. I think that argument is complete crap. Um, I do think Mitt Romney is a man of principle and a man of faith, mm-hmm. and that's what dictates his his uh, his decisions and how he moves forward in his job as a United States senator. I mean, this is his going to be his last job in politics. I mean, right. I, I assume. And, um, I think most yeah. people assume. So why not be the principled guy? I think um, I know a lot of people have given the comparison to John McCain. If John McCain were still living and still in the Senate, he would have done the same thing. I think that's probably spot on accurate too. 
you know, but Romney didn't vote for both articles of impeachment. He, right. he voted against uh, the obstruction. Uh, he did not think yes. the Trump administration engaged in obstruction based on the evidence presented by the House representatives and the impeachment managers. Um, but abuse uh, of power yeah, so was the one that he voted for. Very good. There was a very good um, episode of the Daily New York Times podcast mm-hmm. um, where they they basically followed Romney and got him on on record yep. um, even before he had officially announced. Did you listen to that? Episode? I did. Yeah. And he actually told um, the New York yeah, Times reporter what he was going to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and hearing that, it, it definitely came off as you know he 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 was he was very conscious conscious of his place in history as well as um, the role of the Senate um, contextually, and he re- it seemed he voted his conscience. So um, you yeah. know, I I don't always agree with Mitt Romney, um, but I think he's a man of principle, and I think he showed it in that vote. Um, let's perhaps talk about one of the more naive uh, moments of the Senate impeachment acquittal. Do you know what I'm going to say? I, I don't actually, but I'm, I'm excited. Um, <laughs> so Susan Collins oh, yes. saying she uh, was not going to vote for yeah. um, against for, for removal because she hoped Trump learned a lesson. Yeah. He'd be um, more restrained. Has Trump this. ever learned a lesson? Negative. You know, like that was, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, you know, if if she was anywhere else, I don't know how she could survive being such so willfully ignorant. It yeah. seems, but um, that was that was an appalling sort of lack of principle or something by her. Um, yeah, I mean, even if even if Trump were even if let's say for, let's for a second think that Trump even thought about that and thought about, well, what, how should I move differently after this whole acquittal thing? His supporters would never let him get away with that. His supporters would encourage him to keep doing what he's been doing for the past two, right. two and a half years and still right. be a firebrand and still be, you know, fighting for America kind of, you know, theme that he's been, that he's been pursuing since I mean, he came in office. I, I almost, I almost respected Lamar Alexander's reason for not voting for witnesses over Susan Collins's excuse for her vote because Lamar Alexander at least was like, um, you know, I know what happened. I don't need to hear more witnesses. Yeah. I believe the story. I just don't think you removed the president for it. Yeah. Um, which I disagree with personally, but you know what? I respect that he, he should have just, they should have just laid that out at the beginning. Right. We're okay with it. Right. We don't think president, uh, and that would have made everything look better. Um, Anyway, post acquittal, now we've had a lot of stories as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned, uh, as you called it before we were t- before we came on, you called it the Friday night massacre. The Friday night um, massacre. It happened on a Friday, right? It did. It did. Um, that's when you fire people. Was, you fire them at the end of the week. That's right. So then, but <laughs> Trump Trump wants to do it with the news cycle catches. Everything. So <laughs> it's true. Um, both the Vidman brothers were removed. And then roundly mocked by um, Trumpers, mm-hmm. uh, and then as well um, Ambassador Sondland. Yeah, uh, in what apparently was a purge or a retribution. Um, I think certainly, uh, as we probably have talked about previously, it is showing um, an emboldened Trump. Yes, I think so. Um, Sondland's kind of interesting to me. I mean. Uh, I'm less, I feel less 
not bad. That's not the way I want to put it. I, I feel bad that the guy lost his post, but you know, he was being recalled and he wanted to stay and said the only way he would leave is if he was fired. And then they said, okay, you're fired. Um, you know, when you're right, an, exactly. when you're an ambassador, a political appointee, uh, you know, the president does have a, a certain amount of latitude to have people he trusts sure. in those positions. So, you know, I think that was kind of anybody saw that one coming. But Vinman being an army officer and his brother being a national security um, officer, it's sort of like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the, you knew that they were going to go. But the shock, the shock's still there when it actually happens. Yeah. And I think you and I both agree that you know, make sure the record is correct. These guys didn't lose their job. They still have a paycheck. Right. Um, that doesn't mean sort of the appearance of retribution is not also um, a, a sort of a, a bad move or a bad look for the presidency. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they do, they, these guys will, I mean, I'm sure at some point they'll get some book deal or something. Oh, sure. They're not, they're going to be financially, you know, they're not going to lose their pension. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, it was certainly a concerning first couple of days after the acquittal. And then the other thing I would like to talk about, cause we have two minutes and 40 seconds left, <laughs> um, is everything that's happened with the DOJ since, um, since acquittal. So, yeah. um, let's, let's list it off. Um, so McCabe, the DOJ declined to bring yeah. uh, charges against Andy McCabe. Yep. Um, the uh the um decline to bring charges or decline to prosecute i'm i can't remember decline to bring charges bring charges okay McCabe. okay all right sorry yeah. um the uh the the head of do or doj superiors overruled their line prosecutors on the sentencing guidelines for roger stone yeah um was I feel like there was one other thing. Um, oh, uh, they're gonna they're gonna look at Michael Flynn's case as well. Yeah. Um, basic bar came out and said uh, that Trump um, needs to stop tweeting because it's making his job impossible to do. Yeah. It's just a whole mess. It's a mess. Um, and some people think that Barr's statements were like he understand he's hoping that Trump will be quiet because he knows it's not good for the presidency to be seen as influencing um, mm-hmm. individual cases in yeah. the DOJ. But I think, and I've read multiple people who think this, that actually Barr understands um, what Trump wants and he's trying to get him to be quiet so that he can do his job without sort of getting this right. um, ridicule. Yep. So, uh, it, all, it it basically is what we predicted, which is Trump unchained. Um, you know, I think Trump thinks he has won at this point and everything, his instincts are right. And that the way he wants to do things is the way things should be going. And you're just going to see that on steroids the next eight months. Yeah. Well, he literally did a victory lap at the Daytona 500. So... I mean, yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. Did he? Oh my goodness! Did you not see that? I didn't see that. They let him take. No. They took. He rode in the Beast, which is the presidential limo. They call it the, the Secret Service uh-huh. calls it the Beast, uh, and he did a lap around the day, oh Daytona 500. <laughs> that is hysterical. So he I, literally yeah. did a victory lap. So good for him. Oh I mean, my I mean, shit. That's I mean, the way, that's the way you want to do it, though. If you're going to take a victory lap, you go Daytona. And I mean, drive around the track it, once. It, it's very, it's very fitting that. 
that the victory lap would be like Ricky Bobby or something, you know, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you ain't, if you ain't first, you're last <laughs> words to live by. All right. Time are done. All right. That was a good, right. that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure that by the next time we talk, uh, there will be, you know, probably just as many things that have, have occurred, but it just does seem like a lot has happened over the last two weeks. Um, that will go down in history as momentous occasions. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, all that stuff that's happened, you know, we were talking has got us thinking about, um, you know, the, those issues and what they all mean, if anything, and we'll talk about it when we come back from our sponsor. Hey there, Politics and Bros listeners. Does your wallet make your friends think you pickpocketed George Costanza? Are you still hoarding old receipts, a Bernie Sanders autograph, or maybe even a Blockbuster video card in that beat-up thing you put your credit cards into? Talk to your doctor to see if Last Exit Goods are right for you. Last Exit Goods is a purveyor of minimalist leather, canvas, and outdoor goods, including wallets, bags, belts, dog accessories, and everyday carry items, all made by hand in beautiful Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Their dedication to handmade craftsmanship and using the finest American-made materials mean that their products only get better with age. Go to lastexitgoods.com to score something great for yourself or gifts for the ones in your life who are impossible to buy for. They also specialize in helping top consumer brands, upscale events, and the choosiest of wedding parties create indelible memories with premium gifts and uncommon promotional swag. Now, Politics and Bros listeners can use the code BROS, that's B-R-O-S-E, at checkout to enjoy 25% off your first order. That's right. Our good friend Ryan has extended this screaming deal to you to massively upgrade your everyday carry situation. So visit lastexitgoods.com and take advantage of our exclusive Politics and Bros hookup by using the code BROS. Last exit minimalist goods, travel light and travel far. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm Ron Burgundy. Um, yeah, so... Um, so does any of this matter? We talked about all these things in 10 minutes that happened. We didn't even talk about the Iowa caucus, like, colossal, oh, colossal F not. up. We didn't even talk oh, yeah, about, you know... about the Democratic race. Yeah. How Bernie's the, the, the um, front runner now. Well, see, and that's the thing um, I'm confused about. So Pete Buttigieg is actually leading in total pledge delegates by, like, one. But Bernie right. is now the undisputed front runner. Um, going into right. going into South Carolina because you've got Joe Biden's losing ground right. to Michael Bloomberg because Michael Bloomberg has gotten all these endorsements from the Congressional Black Caucus and all these mayors in South Carolina. He's polling really well in Nevada. He's actually going to be on the debate stage for Nevada. Um, so there's just crazy stuffs happening over the last 10, 12 days. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day at work and um, uh, mostly because I find when like I'm really like constantly hitting refresh on the news or mm-hmm. reading Twitter or um um you know reading like my Apple News feed or whatever, and I read all these political stories, and I I get like anxiety or um um kind of angry, and 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 then I I take a deep breath and I'm like okay I'm here I'm I'm doing a little meditating I'm like everything's fine my mm-hmm. life is good you know. And, and, and it, it does, it does, it made me think like, you know, what, that, that we, we, all of this is big news, but like, yeah. what does it really matter? Like, and I think 
maybe you, when I, I mentioned this to you, and I think you maybe took a little bit of a different tack to it. Like you were thinking about also, does any of the stuff matter? Like, you know, like the Twitter boycotts or um, um, Twitter is not real life mm -hmm. or, uh, but I, I, you know, and, and I know that even just asking this question, if some certain people heard this, they would be like, of course this matters. There's, yeah. there's kids in cages um, right. on the border and, you know, there's people uh, losing Medicaid. I don't know if that's actually a case, but like, I, I think back to, and, and maybe this is me and just being, living a comfortable life, but like, you know, I've now lived as an adult through three presidents mm -hmm. and, and like none of their policies have really like changed my life. Um, yeah. and, and so I just, I just wonder, you know, how much does a president matter? Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think it's much. And I think it still plays into the whole Twitter Twitter sphere because I mean anybody who is paying attention to the social media platforms, even cable news, you know, you, you it, mm -hmm. it's a bubble. It really is a bubble. So you know, Pew did a whole bunch of research on Twitter followers or Twitter users, I should say, and, and the top ten percent of people who tweet make up over eighty percent of the tweets out there, and a yeah. vast majority of those are left of center. So when you have outrageous things happening like you just said the kids in cages that is formed by an echo chain you know yeah it's it's from a perspective it's happening or it has happened but the echo chambers amplified because they they use people are using the social media platform to the fullest extent that they can and it makes it seem mm -hmm. way more loud than it really than it really is out there because i think run-of-the-mill people in you know flyover country don't pay attention to that it's not affecting their lives most people care about what is affecting them right here and now and like you said i mean i'm the right. same way I'm, i've lived through three uh, presidents as an adult now and my life hasn't really changed at all right and i know that comes with you know being of a certain socioeconomic you know category and you know there are people who are a lot less you know fortunate than me and right. you that are dealing with some other shit that we just can't that we've never had to deal with so that definitely right. contributes yeah. to it. Yeah. I mean, I I tried to make a list of like ways that, that I could be potentially affected like day to day. I mean, think about even just like when government shut down for three and a half weeks. Right. Did, did, and, and, and I'm not going to say that as that government is worthless. I just, I think that. <laughs> What 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 I think a lot of this stuff does actually have an impact is is like on longer term. So like, mm -hmm. um, you know, if we are fundamentally changing, uh, like I think I saw where the Trump administration wants to make like Medicaid block grants or something right. like that. Yeah, they like do. I feel like that could that could longer term um, affect certain people. It wouldn't affect me because I'm not on Medicaid, thankfully. But like. Um, you know, these are things that like the deregulation is taking a lot of it hasn't been implemented yet. Um, but feeling things on a day to day basis, like, I mean, what would be the types of things that would really affect me? So the the tax cut, right? Like, 
I can't deduct state and local taxes yeah. anymore. Right. Um, but, but, you know, um, I guess, I guess that could potentially lead to me being able to write down my income more. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I, you know, I don't really, that doesn't really have like a tangible effect on, on me day to day. Uh, the trade war, I mean, um, you're not, you you're, you're not a farmer, <laughs> right? I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not a soybean farmer. <laughs> um, but I had, you know what I have noticed though? My, my daughter really loves Papa John's pizza uh-huh. for some reason. Uh, um, okay. And <laughs> yeah, don't admit that so in we Chicago. Have a really good, we, we have a really nice local pizza shop literally on the corner of our block and she, she hates it and she wants us to order Papa John's. <laughs> um, but a, you know how much a large Papa John's pizza is these days? I have no idea. To get it delivered to my house, it's like twenty-two bucks. Like you remember when? Like, oh my Papa, god! Like I feel like yeah, it was like twelve bucks it, when we were growing up. When whatever, I was in college, right? I like, think it was twelve dollars, twelve ninety-nine. Yeah. Wow. Um. So I mean, I don't know if that's like you know ingredients are more expensive or whatever, but like trade war, like I haven't seen mm-hmm. it really noticeably affecting prices at the grocery. Maybe it is, yeah. and I just like don't. I, I don't absorb feeling um, like, you know, 10% raises in, in prices or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I, I haven't been to the Utah parts, but I do know that like the administration um, basically uh, defederalized some of the park yeah. um, uh, parks out there. Yeah, they did. And so they've made it where um, – like commercial entities can build on them or something. So I don't, maybe if I lived out there, I would see some of that happening. I don't know if it's actually happening because I, I didn't do any research on it, but it's just, I mean, these are, these are the types of crazy things I had to think about to even think about. Like this has been happening for the news cycle for the president has been crazy for three, oh, three years now, like literally the day, even before he was inaugurated. Yeah. But like, there's no, difference in my life right um and and maybe you know i i I live in my own bubble and my my privilege bubble or whatever um but and 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 i'm sure there are people that that are feeling some effects but um i i you know i just i i really struggle with how you rectify this mattering and i think i sent you uh, Freakonomics has done a podcast mm-hmm. on um, they they talked to like three historians about how much they the president does matter. Um, and I think I listened to it recently. They did an updated one for Trump and they said the things that matter are the bully, the value of the bully pulpit. Right. So sort of like how you like like the language and psychology of the nation. Um, yes. And then. Uh, and then I can't, I think the other one was, um, I can't remember, but, but basically they were like, he matters to an extent, mm-hmm. but he also doesn't matter, um, in a large part. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I just, I don't know. It's, 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 it's something I'm trying to sort of rectify and I haven't been able to figure out where where those connections are. Yeah. I mean, looking, thinking back just from a historical perspective, I mean, Grant, I was, I was born, I was two years old when Jimmy Carter left office, but 
the Carter years, you know, the America was in the dumps. You talked about gas shortages. You're talking about the um, Iranian uh, hostage crisis. And when Reagan came in, I think Reagan's biggest success was that he made Americans feel like Americans again. And optimism, the shining city on the hill speeches and and he, mm-hmm. more than anything, you know, he brought around this national pride again of everybody. It was it was great to be an American, love love freedom and liberty. You know, I, I was listening to um, the Rewatchables podcast, and they were talking about uh, I'm like, oh, the Breakfast Club was the movie that they were they were rewatching, and they were kind of being you know nostalgic about the '80s and how nobody was really a Democrat in the eighties, it was like Republicans and then like hippies, like the leftover hippies were still, <laughs> but nobody really would like, you know, Alex P Keaton was the you know biggest TV right. star of the eighties. And he was a punchline. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was, it was, it, that was kind of the thing, but yeah, I think your life is more affected by state and local lawmakers right. more than anything in the world, your property taxes, your car taxes, your registration, like anything, any ordinance that your village or town that you live in has on restricting what you can do to your home or, you know, pot being legal in Chicago. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, while I think, I think the federal government has a very broad, um, can paint with a very broad brush when it comes to low income, I think with obviously with food stamps, the SNAP program, um, you know, like you mentioned Medicaid, block, the block granting of Medicaid, that's an idea that's been around since even before I started working on the Hill in 2000. Um, you know, I don't know if this is the way that it was envisioned, the way that Trump wants to do it. And I don't know all the nuances. I just kind of know a little bit of about it, but you know, we'll see what happens. Um, so I think it affects the federal government. People feel like the federal government has way more power than it really does. And I mean, and they, it does have power. Let's not try and minimize it, but what everyday Americans, middle class Americans really feel, I, I really don't think the federal government has a whole lot to say over that at the end of the day. Yeah, I I, I think there is a tendency to magnify the problems and that comes yeah. through media and yeah. um uh and some people will say it's like, you know, it's liberal bias. I just think it's the role of media is not to tell the the stories of every day like i i think i told you this like we were we were at a uh, event in chicago and there was a comedian talking he was like man like chicago's great he's yeah. like you know the media is just gives us the worst rap he's like you never hear them be like three people were shot in the south side today right. and the other three million people had a great day yep. you know like that that's not the role of the media and i think it's um very similar to kind of, as I've said here before, we lived in Israel, like before we moved over there, uh, all we had known and heard about Israel, we had heard through the media and through stories. And so we were a little wary moving over there um, about what we were going to be experiencing. But then when we moved over there and after a couple of weeks of acclimating, we realized people were just living their lives there. And like ultimately, um, uh, you know, other than the war we lived through, uh, most every day was like a normal existence. Yeah. Um, and so I think that magnification kind of distorts, uh, uh, you know, what you expect. Um, and so that's why I think being able to tell myself, like do a little meditation and be like, you're here now yeah. that it calms the blood pressure. 
Um, and, and it's not to say that, like, I still don't think Trump uh, is doing, you know, like, is, I don't want to minimize that I think he is causing long-term damage to uh, sort of American institutions and, mm -hmm. and, like, our reputation, but it may not be as big of a deal as everyone wants to make it out to be. No, I, I agree. And, and to your point on the whole Chicago thing, I have friends that, that – no joke, think I wear Kevlar every day because there's just bullets whizzing by my head every time I go downtown. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? This is, this is, a, I mean, where are these people from? I, I, they live in DC, which blows my mind. It's like, oh, really? I experienced way more yeah. violence living on 11th Street in Washington, DC than I ever have in living in Chicago. But for sure, but you know, right, whatever. There was a machete fight at the end of my block in, yep. in DC. Um, I remember that 14th and Monroe. And, I, I mean, there's occasional random violence here, but not, you know, I think people don't realize that like, um, where we live to where most of the violence in Chicago takes place is literally like, like DC to Bethesda right. in, in the, you know, and so there's just lack of context over magnification. Um, and, and yeah, this stuff is important and will be a story told over time. And I think, again, I do think some of these effects will play out, especially with regards to like some of the longer term policies, right. like taking taking billions of dollars away from the military. You know, that stuff's going to um, over time, really, I think it will have an effect. Uh, but day to day. Um, you know, I think it's probably just healthy for us to all take a deep breath, yeah. um, take stock of, you know, what is good in our life and and um, realize that, you know, there's a time and a place for those concerns, but it doesn't have to be constant. Yeah. I mean, it's funny during, especially since we're in a presidential election season, remember a couple of things. The president cannot raise or lower gas prices. The president cannot raise or lower the unemployment rate. They will take credit for both if they're trending in the right direction, and they will blame somebody else if they go in the opposite direction. And that's just the way it is. I mean, honestly, governors and mayors have way more control over how many jobs are created in our economy every day by giving tax breaks or providing some sort of benefit mm -hmm. to, to companies to be based in their states or in their cities. You know, can the president do more can the president be helpful absolutely can Gong, can congress be helpful absolutely you know lowering the tax the corporate tax rate like they did with the tax cut a couple of years ago obviously i'm sure that helped and definitely helped but at the end of the day that's not what's going to really drive numbers the fed chairman has infinitely more control over what happens to the economy than than the president so mm -hmm. whatever you hear don't come it's all okay calm down it's it's the yeah. it's going to be all good <laughs> I, I do think that like Facebook and, and social media and Twitter are just, I mean, and this is not a novel mm -hmm. uh, idea, but they're just the, the worst for a conversation. So just real quick, an example, um, I, I, Vanderbilt is hosting a conversation between Susan, Susan Rice and Michael, Michael Bolton, <laughs> um, not Michael Bolton, John Bolton. John Bolton. <laughs> um, yeah, and John Bolton. Um, they're, they're, it's going to be, uh, you know, 
something about American leadership in the 20, in the 21st century. Um, they posted this to Facebook. Uh, I made the mistake of clicking on the comments and it was just, it was just, I mean, Vanderbilt's a pretty conservative, uh, or it attracts a conservative crowd. Um, I mean the students and it's obviously a liberal arts college, so there's a liberal angle to it as well. But, um, the comments were just a war between people calling Susan Rice uh, a war criminal and mm, John Bolton Jesus. a traitor, and and I'm like, um, this is this is the actual opposite of the whole point of having yeah. Susan Rice and and John Bolton on stage. Like they literally are there to both present a set of ideals about what they think of American leadership and foreign policy, yeah. and and to to spur um thinking by the crowd uh and then the crowd the audience can then decide which ideas they like the best and then take that away like it's and and meanwhile the comment section of facebook is just people just yelling at each other yeah and of course um it's like it's like just go and listen and and that's it. Just look, it can, it doesn't have to be anything more than that. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be some, some rendering some, you know, decision on whether or not America is a good or bad place or we harbor war criminals. Like it can just be a conversation. Like everything is not life and death. Well, and this is where the president's power does come into play. I mean, cause we're, we're living in an age and we have been for a while now, but it's more heightened now. We're living in an age where everybody has to pick a side. There's a line in the sand and you yeah. got to be on one side or the other. And if if you if somebody's on that opposite side, you hate them. You have to. You've got to discredit them. You've got to call them a racist or a bigot or something so that their arguments don't mean anything anymore. And it's sad and it's ridiculous. So yeah, I mean, I read the, I do the same thing. I read comments and within the third or fourth comment, you've got people just going after each other, personal attacks, just ridiculous mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, I heard a point today. I was, I think I was listening to an old Vox, uh, um, podcast with Ezra Klein. And, um, he was talking about, you know, when people, when Fox news watchers are watching Fox news and they change the channel, that's how they get their different perspective. Because if you go, if you're a CNN viewer and you're going to MSNBC, you're getting the same message. Now there's different nuances, mm-hmm. but the underlying message is the same, um, and it's it's quite different than what you see on Fox News. But it's this, it's kind of like how he he was kind of making the argument a little bit that Fox News viewers can have a tendency to be a little bit more open minded because when they change a channel, even to like the Today Show or Good Morning America, they're seeing an opposite viewpoint than what they are used to seeing on Fox news. Whereas the people who are on the other side are, are only seeing, well, whatever the perspective is, no, it's, no, it's a good yeah. point, but whatever the perspective is, but people, if they're going from CNN to MSNBC or CNN to the today show or CNN to ABC nightly news or whatever, they're getting a lot of the same message. I mean, like I said, different nuanced. So it was just an interesting contrast. He was pointing out. I don't know if I hundred percent buy into it, but you know, it, it, I think the point did resonate a little bit with me that, you know, again, we're picking sides and we're not really, and once we're in our side, the tendency is to stick with what we are, have become comfortable with and not actually get get outside our comfort zone. And that's why you're seeing kids rejecting what? freedom of speech on college campuses these days. Right. Um, and that's why you're seeing yeah. professors egging those kids on and reaffirming them that they should be doing that. And that's that's scary to me. But, you know. 
it's yeah, where we I are. Think, I mean, I think it goes back to that over magnification of like, right. People are being told this is life or death. Right. And so if it is life or death, you want to, you want your side to, to win. Yeah. Um, right. Because you don't want to die. Right. Uh, and for and, some people, and, and, think, and for some people, it is. It, 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 I'm sure it is life and death, but it's not for everyone. And it's a mistake to assume that it's life and death for everyone, because that's not how you build bridges. That's not how you, you know, find right. you find allies. Um, yeah, at least in my opinion, uh, I think, I think, um, and I, I sent this. I think I sent it to you that that video from Russia. Of, do you watch that video? No, I don't. I, I don't remember you? it. So. So this is just a, a final example of like, you know, so it's basically, I'll, I'll post it to the, the Twitter page, but it was a video. Someone put a, um, like a life-size, an, an artist put like a life-size um, picture of Putin on the wall inside just like an apartment building mm -hmm. uh, elevator um, and then put a camera to install and see. Oh, man. Uh, how people how people reacted to it <laughs> and um and like the reactions are hysterical oh, like man. you can tell they're just people being like um like this old man walks in and, and he's immediately like oh my god what the fuck have they done now you know he's like <laughs> he's like these people have all gone mad and then like this uh, this these two girls walking on on the elevator um and then they laugh and then one of them gets down on her knees, like mockingly praising him. And like the other one's taking like a picture she's going to post to Instagram. Yeah. And I'm like, these people, these people are just living their lives. Like, yep. obviously we don't want to be Russia and we want to do our, our, our best to, to keep our freedoms. And, mm -hmm. but like, you know, at the end of the day, we're all still people and, and living our lives and doing our best. Yeah. And, and I think we just got to like, if you take a step back and, realize that not everything is life or death all the time. Yeah. I think it allows you to, to have conversations and, and be um, in a place where uh, things are, I guess, not as dire. Right. And that's all I would say. I agree. So I agree with you, man. Uh, so, yeah, um, I am not on a team. I will say that. Like I, I, the only team I'm on is America's team. Mm -hmm. And that's why I just, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't um, reflexively hate Republicans or think they're racist, and I don't reflexively hate, you know, hardcore progressives and think, um, you know, they're racist yeah. too. I mean, it's, in, in a way. So, um, so just for the record, uh, but some people would say I'm on a on a on a team because I don't like Trump, but that's not really yeah. the case. No. So anyway, I'll post that video. It's 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 very it's humorous to watch because you just, you know, you realize that like we're all people. So, um, anyway, uh, do you have a, uh, what you're into this week? I do. Or did you, Oh, I've okay. got a good one. All right. Well, let's hear it. So, um, so what I'm into, it's not even this week. It's just what I'm into in general right now. So I, uh, okay. I developed in 2019, especially the first like eight, nine months, I developed some really bad habits and okay. ate a lot and didn't exercise yeah. and got to the heaviest I've ever been. Um, so I can, I, I can confirm that. No, I'm just kidding. Dick. So, <laughs> so in October I joined this, I joined a, you know, a high, a, a workout studio that does that high interval or high impact training, whatever they call it, hit. the hit training. Hit. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I did my weigh in when I first started and I was 260 pounds, which is the heaviest I've ever been. Even, even when I was drinking it okay. a, a lot in college, I would, I never got that heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and my weigh in last week, I am now 232. So nice, big, big you change percent of your body, big change, uh, eating better, you know, didn't really change a whole lot in terms. I just stopped eating bad shit and stopped eating it, you know, three bowls of cereal after 9 PM, like I was doing, which was not advisable, but that's been, that's been great. I've done it a lot of boxing in this class. So boxing is a lot of fun. It's hard as hell. I never thought boxing was so exhausting, but it is. Um, and it's, I feel good and my wife has noticed and that's the best part to me. So that's what I'm into right now. Nice. Yeah. So Chick-fil-A tomorrow? Uh, sure. <laughs> I, I can do Chick-fil-A. I can do some nuggets, just no fries, okay. no sugary okay. stuff. Well, there's always room for, for Chick-fil-A. Come on. Pete, Pete, Pete and I regularly enjoy a, a Chick-fil-A on state street. So, you know, if you're in the area, come, say come, come stop by. <laughs> How about you? Um, well, that's good. I'm I'm happy for you. Thanks, man. Uh, so so I am into uh this show on the H on HBO called The Outsider. Ooh, have you watched? This I have yet? not. Tell me about it. Um, so it's a Stephen King adapt adaptation, ten episodes. Uh, it stars Jason Bateman. Um, oh, he's the main. I love I'm trying to think if there's any. I love Jason Bateman. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any other really big stars that might be, um, no, no. Anyway, so it's like, uh, essentially the, in the first episode, there is a murder of a small boy. Um, and Jason Bateman's character is arrested for the murder. Um, but you very quickly realize that, uh, it, something else was happening. Um, and so, uh, like was, he actually there or was he in another place at the time? And Ooh. if he wasn't there, then how did the witnesses who saw him and they show you um, the witnesses seeing him with the uh, very conspicuous situation, like with blood on his clothes and um, even talking to the little boy who was murdered. Um, how does that, ha- how does that square with the fact that he was also reportedly in another um, town at the time? Uh, and then the following episodes, sort of play that out. Oh, wow. So we're on episode seven. Um, as Since it's Stephen King, you know, there's probably some supernatural involved. Of course. Um, and that's, that's pretty clear by the end of episode one. Um, and so I don't know quite how it's going to finish. It's nice to actually be watching a show that only comes out once a week and I don't have to binge it, get done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've still got three more episodes, but it's, it's very enjoyable. Like I watch it as soon as it comes out. It's one of those, it's like almost appointment TV. So I haven't had that in a while. So that's really nice to have again. But right on. Um, it's a pretty, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's a pretty good show. Um, so yeah, if you have some time, and I'm sure you know, check it out. So that's that. I like it. Cool. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna check it cool. out. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been well, a good one, man. Yeah, I, I, I was into it. I like the speed round. Maybe might have to do that again some sometime. Um, but yeah, let's work on. Um, you know, getting some guests on the show at some point. Uh, if anybody wants to uh, join us, we're happy to hear other opinions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, check us out um, at Bros Politics on Twitter. Um, you can tweet us there as well. I'll post that video. Anything else I forgot? Uh, not that I can think of. So let's uh, just go on to the casino. Okay. 
Sounds good. I'll be there soon enough. <laughs> All right, man. Take care.